Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning again, church family. Um, do you love that parable? We've heard that our whole lives, the sower and the seed. Um, it's been a joy for Sarah and I to enjoy, celebrate our first Christmas with you. Thank you for your love and care. Uh, over the Christmas season, we have received so many cookies and uh, uh, that we, we just don't know what to do with them. So we share them with our neighbors and with family and friends. Thank you. Um, it's now time for us to take a long walk every day, do our exercising, and uh, be careful about what we eat and uh, look forward to the new year ahead. Sometimes during the Christmas season, we sense a real closeness with God. Uh, we, we hear him speak to us in special ways. We enjoy time with friends and families, and God speaks to us in intimate and, and powerful way. Um, maybe you've been struck by something that you heard during the Christmas season. We did our Advent books together. Maybe there was something that you read in the mornings as, as together we as church family read uh, our Advent readings and scripture each morning. What did God say to you? Did he speak to you? Maybe you were struck by, by something that you heard or read. Um, one of the most basic claims of the Christian faith is that God speaks to us. God speaks to his people. You hold in your hands, if you have it in your hand, your Bible. In fact, even if you have your cell phone, you have your Bible in the cell phone. God chose to speak to us and to write us a book. All throughout the Bible, we read the words, and God said, or if you remember the King James Version, thus saith the Lord. 500 times in the Pentateuch alone, 3,800 times in the Bible, it says, thus saith the Lord. And God said, he has a lot to say to us. It seems that God really wants to communicate with his people. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. He wants us to pray and to listen, to read and to listen. There's no relationship without com communication. And uh, God has chosen to communicate with us. And he's using his word. And he's using one another as well. The problem with communication is that it can be misunderstood. Uh, I don't know how many times I've introduced myself here in St. Catharines, being the new guy. Hi, I'm Rob, and, and I'm the new pastor at Scott Street Mennonite Brethren Church, and, and we'll have a nice discussion, and people will say, well, it's really been nice to meet you, Scott, and I hope that we, uh, we'll see you again later. It's like, no, no, Scott's the church, it's Rob's the name, and uh, so just a little communication mix-up. Um, between the pastor and the church. I wish my name was, was Scott. Uh, that would make it a lot easier. There can be communication problems with God. And I'm, um, you know, I'm doubtful of people who always have a clear word from God. A lot of funny things have been done and said by people who claim that God told me. I heard God speak to me. But I'm skeptical of people who say God told me. And then don't back it up with scripture. God does speak. And he has spoken through his word. But if, if God has spoken to you in general, he speaks through his word. So if you believe that God has spoken to you, the first thing you do is you confirm it with the word of God. Check it out. Make sure that it, it's, um, it goes in line with God's word. 
On the other hand, there are times in my life when God speaks to me, and I have no doubt that it's God speaking. Like when Sarah calls me on the phone from a phone that isn't hers, when, um, when she calls me from her phone, my phone um, has a song that says, Sarah Smile, a beautiful song. So if you hear that, you know that's Sarah calling me. But if she calls me from another phone and I pick it up and I hear her voice, do I have to say, who is this? No, I know her voice. 31 years together, I know her voice. And my walk with Christ is even longer. I know his voice. I walk with him. I read his word. I know it when he's trying to tell me something. My heart feels it. There are times when God tries to speak to me, and he tries to put things in my mind, and I don't think I'm the best listener. So the question this morning is, how do we hear God speak? What determines how we hear God speak to us. And firstly, what determines how well we hear him is our attitude. Nothing is more important than understanding that God wants to speak to us. So Luke 8.8, 8, he who has ears, let us hear. So he says, get your ears on. You've got to be tuned in to hear what God has to say. You have to be reading the word to hear what God has to say. You have to come to church if you want to hear what God has to say. So when I preach, most of what I preach is straight out of, out of the Bible because that's what you want to hear, the Word of God. Luke 8, 2, in that beautiful parable, in which he says, let me explain how this works. And he tells a story about the different types of seed who are, that is scattered on the different types of soil. And, and I'd like to think, as I read it, that there's actually four different attitudes uh, that depend on whether the message gets through to us clearly or not. Obviously, we can tune in to God, and he can speak to us directly. And we can save a lot of time and save a lot of mistakes if we listen to what he wants to say. He can comfort us when we need comfort. He, he can guide us when we need guidance. He can encourage us when we need encouragement if we are listening. Did you en enjoy the children? They are so honest. How many of you are good listeners? Did we have one hand? One hand? The children know it's hard to listen. And it's even harder to listen to God. So Jesus says, let me tell you a story. There was a farmer who goes out to sow seed. And, and as he goes out, he scatters seeds on different types of soil. These people understood agriculture. How many people here understand seeds and soil? A lot of us. How many of you don't really understand seeds and soil? A few of you? Yeah, there's, there's a couple. Some of us aren't... Sarah has a black thumb. I have a green thumb. She's got a black thumb. I love plants and soil and getting my hands dirty. Sarah loves what I grow and the flowers that I give her. Back in the Middle East... In the old days, they didn't plant one seed at a time as we do here. Plant, we plant a seed, we have fertilizer, our machines do it all, and we plant it up, we cover it up, and we wait for it to grow. Um, in the old days, they did what was called broadcasting. So they would walk through the fields, and as they walked through the fields, they would, they would have a pouch on their side, and they would scatter the seeds. So not a particular planting of a seed, but a broadcasting of seed. So out of that pouch would come the seed, and the seed would land where it lands. He would walk up and down the field, broadcasting the seed. 
Now, when you broadcast seed, some of it falls on good soil and some of it doesn't. He says there's four different types of soil. We're going to talk about two of them today. And I believe that those two represent different attitudes. They're not necessarily four different people, but they're actually all of us. So if you read this scripture and you think, well, I've been like this, and sometimes I feel like I'm hard soil. There are times in my life. So I have a feeling you can probably relate to all of the types of soils because they reflect upon attitudes. So how many of you have heard God's audible voice? Have you heard God speaking to you? One, two, three, four, seven. Yes. There's a number of you who say, I've actually heard his voice. And that's, it's, if you heard his voice, it's a powerful thing. Here's the next question. How many of you have felt God leading you or guiding you or giving you direction and help? I knew that there would be more hands. Because I think God speaks to us through situations and experiences, through difficulties. We, we sense his guidance. We make decisions based on how the Spirit leads us, how his word teaches us, how our friends and family encourage us. Some people miss out hearing what God says to them because they don't even know it's possible for him to speak. When you have a closed mind... The door to communication is shut. Talk to the hand. Have you seen that one, talk to the hand? Well, you can't talk to a hand. You have to talk to an ear. And if the ear isn't listening, you're simply not hearing. So the first type of soil. Some seed fell on the path and it was trampled on and the birds of the air came and ate it up. Those along the path are like people who hear, and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts, so they can't believe and be saved. On every farm and in every field, there's a path, sometimes around the outside, but in the smaller farms in the Middle East, paths go through the fields. And as the farmer sows the seed, it goes on path and on field. Two characteristics of a footpath that's mentioned in Scripture um, they're hardened because of constant traffic. You walk on the path, and the path gets hard and dry. Second, paths tend to be narrow. If the path is in the field, you want to have as much of the field used for growing the crop, not for walking on. So you, you try to stick to the path. You have a narrow, hard path. Once they're hardened by constant traffic, the, the seeds are just going to bounce right off them. Do you know anyone who is like a hard, narrow path? Hard-hearted, narrow-minded? Have you ever been hard-hearted and narrow-minded? Some people are not even open to the possibility of God speaking to them. As a result... Jesus says the farmer's seeds, they're sown, but they don't penetrate into the soil. It's hard. It's compacted. It can't take root. It can't sprout. It lays on the surface. And what happens to seeds that lay on the surface? Well, the birds come and eat them up. It never gets a chance to grow. And, and that, Lord willing, is not you and your family and your friends. We want to encourage to... to Cultivate that soil to, to make them, to help them to, to be good soil for God to work in them. 
God wants to speak to us. He doesn't even have a chance sometimes because our minds are closed. Our hearts are hardened and we become narrow-minded. Now, the question is, how do people become hard-hearted and narrow-minded? What causes that? I don't think we're born that way. We all have the choice to, to, to be hard-hearted or soft-hearted. But there's certain things that cause people to be narrow and hard. First one is pride. Pride causes us to have closed minds. Pride is thinking, I got this, God. I think you just wait over there. I'll take care of this. I'm strong. I'm smart. I can, I can correct my own errors. I can resolve my own conflicts. I don't need you in my life. And that, that's the type of pride. When I'm full of pride, I close my mind to God and he can't get in. He can't say anything because I've got it all figured out. So I'm not even looking for God to help me. So in, when I'm reading scripture, when I'm at church, if I have a problem, I'm not listening to God seeking to help me. And that is a type of pride. Secondly, fear. Sometimes we're just afraid to ask God what we need to do. We, we're afraid to ask him for help. What if I pray and he answers me? What if he prays and he answers me something I don't want to hear? Maybe I don't want to pray because I already know the answer and I'm afraid he's going to reaffirm what I already know is true and I don't want to face the facts. So I'm afraid. Some people close their minds simply out of fear. God might tell me to love that terrible neighbor of mine and it's easier to ignore them. I don't want to, I don't want to, I just want to ignore them. He might tell me to be generous and I want to keep what's mine. I don't want to be generous. I want to, what's mine is mine. So sometimes out of fear, we close our ears. Thirdly, bitterness. Whenever we've been hurt, sometimes we hold on to those hurts. It causes us to close our minds. We might, we might start saying things like, God, why did you allow this? Why is this happening to me? And we blame God for what people do and for difficult situations. We're going to have pain in life. But what we do with a hurt will determine whether we become a better person or a bitter person. We are going to be hurt. We all know that. And how we deal with it makes us either better and stronger or bitter and weaker. And a bitter life is a wasted life. When we become bitter, we hold on to our hurts and we prolong the pain. What we tend to do is we say, they hurt me. So I'm going to close myself off from another person. I'm going to build up walls. I'm going to hide in a shell. And I'm not going to let anyone get close to me. Not even God. Was that you? Have you ever been like that? You've been so hurt that you, you back away from God and from your friends and from your family? In, a, in our church family, I know some of you have been hurt. Many of you have lost loved ones. Some of you have lost children. Terrible. Some of you have been verbally abused and physically abused, emotionally abused. Some of you have been hurt by people who you love. The worst kind of hurt. Or sometimes there's been church situations, 75 years, there's been situations in church where, where Christians hurt Christians. And there's, there's, there's no room for that. There's no room for that. But, you know, we are different people and we are going to hurt each other. And that's where we learn to forgive and that's what communion is about. Is, is, is saying... I forgive you. And say, asking another person to forgive you. 
It's common for people to blame God for what other people have done to us. So if you've been hurt deeply, let me say two things to you. Firstly, one, I'm sorry that you've been hurt. And I want you to know that God hurts with you. He weeps with you. He understands the pain that we've gone through. At a funeral one time, a woman said, where was God when my son died? And I thought, the same place he was when his son died, on the cross. He understands, he feels your pain. God has not promised that we will be exempt from pain. But he has promised to walk with us through the pain. So I'm sorry that you've been hurt. Deeply sorry that you've been hurt. Secondly, I want to say that when you are in pain and when you are hurt, don't run from God, but run to God. He's the one who can help. He's the one who can comfort. He's the one who can bring healing to your body, to your emotions, to your heart. So run to God. This is an end-of-the-year sermon for a reason. Because I want you to hear this and I want you to do something. I don't want you just to sit here and say, that was a good sermon, Pastor. I want you to go and love. I want you to, to leave transformed. If you've been hurt, you're going to be okay. How can I help? How can we help each other as a family of God when we've been hurt? Don't run away from God. Run to him. When you run away from God, you're running away from the only person who can really help. Have you ever seen a child in a grocery store running away from their parents and screaming, an angry child? You know, and you, 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 we all smile and we're saying, I'm glad I'm not that parent. Because, because we, we've had children run from us. A child running from a mother who loves them, who won't buy the yogurt for them, but the child, so the child is running away from the only person who really knows how to care for them and love them. And sometimes that's us. We run from God. The tragedy of that hard path is that it's barren and nothing can grow there. It's unfruitful. And a bitter life is a hard path. Jesus says the birds come along and eat the seed. And that kind of life is for the birds. Instead, James 1.21 says, Get rid of everything evil in your lives and the sin that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So God planting his word in us. Accept it and let him save us. So the first step to hearing God is that I have to cultivate that open mind. If your heart is a hard path, it's time to cultivate. It's a few days to 2019, to a new year. It's a few minutes to communion. A time to say, Lord, I give you my life afresh. The last Sunday of 2018, I don't know what the future holds, but I know you hold my future. Do something profound, use me in my family, in my work, in my community, in my church. Amen? Amen. One more key to hearing God. We'll finish this up next week from Luke chapter 8. In order to hear God's voice, I need to make time to listen. The children up here, I had to ask them to stop talking, and I had to ask them to listen hard. So they, they stopped, and they listened hard. We have to make time to listen, to slow down, to be quiet, to make room in our schedule. We schedule everything in our lives. How many of you schedule to get your winter tires on? Okay, are your winter tires on? Yes. 
If you didn't schedule it, they're probably not on yet, and you're thinking, i got to get those winter tires on. <laughs> no, or I'm just going to slide around in St. Catharines. We schedule kids. Children schedule homework. Children, they have a schedule. They think, well, I have a TV show that I'm going to watch. So they, we all have our schedules. When am I going to go to the dentist? I go to the dentist every six months. So it's in my schedule. And what happens when we don't schedule time with God is that God gets the leftovers. I want to say thank you for coming to church this morning. It was icy out there. You could have said, I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to stay home. I want to say thank you for coming. On behalf of everyone here, it's important to stop, to take time in your week to listen to God. And coming to church is a time to listen, to learn, and then to go and, and to celebrate communion today. People simply don't take enough time. You know why juice, frozen juice, isn't selling well anymore? You know the little juice and the little, the frozen stuff in the little tin? It's, it, there's, there's less and less production of frozen juice. Why? Because people don't have time to thaw out the juice. They're, they've determined that people don't want to thaw it out. So what do they do? They make ready-made juice in the big container. That's selling like crazy. But frozen stuff, I don't have time to thaw out my juice. You know, my life is too busy to thaw out the juice. I don't know if you, if you have an Amazon account. Amazon is the biggest store on earth. You can order anything you want, it seems, and it's in that store. But if you can't wait, you can pay $100 a year, and it'll come to you in, was it 24, 48 hours. And I have a feeling they make billions because we don't want to wait. I want it tomorrow. And I'll pay for it because I'm not good at making time, at waiting. What do we call mail? Can you believe this? Remember, remember the stamp? Do you remember stamps? Remember licking those things and sticking them on an envelope? Remember those? What do they call mail now? Snail mail. Because it moves as slow as a snail. Well, brothers and sisters, we used to think that mail was fast. When, I was li- when Sarah and I were in Africa, a letter got there one time in three weeks, and we went, wow, that fast. From Canada to Africa, I got a letter in three weeks. That's like instant. And now, if we want to talk to the Heberts in, in Rwanda, we can send an email, and it'll be there when we hit enter. Isn't that, it's so, the world has changed. Socrates, the Greek philosopher in 433, wrote, Beware the barrenness of a busy life. So it's, I'm, it's nothing new. That was 2,400 years ago. Beware the barrenness of a busy life. People are always in a hurry, but it's nothing new. And our lifestyles now are so busy. Who suffers when we're busy? When we're too busy, who suffers? Do you have an answer, young man? Who suffers? When, when you're really busy, sometimes you don't do the things you're supposed to do. Mom will say, clean up your room, and you'll say, I'll clean up my room, but I'm really busy right now. She doesn't like it when you say that. Just remember that. You, I, 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 he doesn't remember ever doing that at all, and you, my son, are a good boy. Well done. 
don't talk to Sarah about me cleaning up my tools and things because sometimes I'm not as good a boy as you are. Beware the barrenness of a busy life. Who suffers when we're too busy? Number one, the people we love the most, our wives and husbands and family. Who suffers when we're too busy? Things that are important to us. Things and people get put to the side because we're too busy doing the things that we want to do. But we can leave them to the side. Lastly, who suffers when we're too busy? Our relationship with God. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to go to church this week. I'm too busy to do my Advent devotions. I'm too busy. Well, why are we so busy? Sometimes God gets the leftovers. We want to hear God speak, but we don't have time to read his word. You want to hear God speak? Slow down in the morning. Read your Bible. We say, God, I'm in a hurry, so tell me what you want to tell me quick. Well, it doesn't work that way. Have you ever tried that, husbands, with your wives? Don't. Don't. <laughs> I really want to hear what you have to say, Sarah, but I'm really busy. Tell me quick. Well, she'll, she'll, well don't say that. <clears throat> Just as the hardened path represents a closed mind, the shallow soil represents a superficial mind. So the, the, Luke 8, 6 said, Other seed fell on shallow soil with rock beneath. The seed began to grow up, but then it withered and uh, died uh, due to a lack of moisture. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. When he talks about rocky soil, he's not talking about uh, rocks, a bunch of rocks. Um, in the Middle East, much of it is limestone, and there's about three or four inches of, of decent soil on top of limestone. So what happens is plants can start to grow, but as soon as they hit that limestone layer, they dry up, and as things dry in the hot summers, the, the, the heat goes right down those three inches, and that's it. Things die. So this represents a a superficial type of hearer who hears the word of God, it sprouts up, they're excited, but it doesn't last. When the heat is on and the problems come, they wither away. Sometimes we hear God and we get all excited, and then we forget. We give up. We think it's going to sink into our minds and our hearts, and it's going to change me forever. But a month later, we've done nothing. We need that transformation of God through his spirit and his word to change us. We do not want to be shallow and superficial. We are people who have deep roots in Christ. And when the heat is on, we need to survive due to God's love and his nurture of us. Lord, help us to have deep roots and an open mind to hear you and to take time so that we don't miss what you're trying to tell us. Part of the reason we celebrate the Lord's Supper each month is that we stop, listen, and hear God speaking to us. What does God say to us in communion? He loves us. He died for us. He forgives us. He tells us that we are his children, and he wants us to leave in this place forgiven, free, and be his light and his salt. That little cup and that little piece of bread for the boys and girls, those, those things are powerful, and they mean something, something very deep in our lives. As we take communion this morning, let us listen. Let us open our hearts and minds. Next week, we'll continue looking at the rest of the seeds and sowers. 
This week, we're praying, Lord, help us to hear you. Let's pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us through your word, through your spirit, and through your people. Father, help us to have an open mind to you. Take away things that stop us from hearing. Where there is fear or pride or bitterness, we ask for you to shine light in those dark places. Father, we pray that you would help us to slow down, to focus and listen to you so that we can make godly decisions and so that we can speak your word to others. We love you and we're grateful that you love us and want to communicate with us. So we say, Father, like the saints of old, speak for your servant listens. In Christ's name, amen. As we go to communion, David's going to show us a video, a beautiful video that ties communion to Easter, to the Christmas story, to the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. Within the whole. This small child, this tiny, fragile life, carries with it the hope of all humanity. This small voice, now crying out in dark chambers, will one day still the raging sea, will call forth the dead to rise and live. This voice will declare it is finished and shatter the grip of sin. These small hands, now grasping for comfort, will one day restore sight to the blind, will break bread and feed the multitudes. These hands will feel the piercing cold of an iron spike and bring salvation through surrender. These small feet, now wrapped in cloth, will one day travel countless miles upon dusty roads, will stand firm upon rushing water. These feet will crush the snake's head and step forth from an empty tomb victorious. This small child, this wondrous, perfect gift, is Jesus, our Savior, the promise of eternity. So as we come to the communion table this morning, you who are truly and sincerely repentant of your sins, you who love and are concerned for your neighbors, you who intend to lead a new life following the commands of God by walking in a holy life, let's draw near now in faith and thanksgiving and take the Lord's Supper together. Come to the table not because you are good, but because God is good. Not because you must, 
but because you may. Come to testify not that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love the Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his disciple. Come because in our need for forgiveness we stand in constant need of God's love and grace. And now that the supper of the Lord is spread before us, let's lift our minds and hearts above our fears, lift our minds above distractions. As we focus on Jesus, let the bread and the wine be to us the witness and the sign of our Lord Jesus Christ, of his love and of the communion of the Holy Spirit with us right now. As we gather before the table of Jesus together, make your humble confessions this morning. Dedicate your lives to Christian obedience again and again. And pray for strength to know and to do the will of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.